In every seed of creativity, there's potential. Potential to grow, blossom, and bear fruit. Welcome to Creative Abundance with Aubrey Westland. I'm Aubrey, your host. Over the past decade, I've ventured through the world of entrepreneurship, launching three businesses from the spark of an idea to thriving ventures. And now I'm eager to share those insights with you. Here, creativity and finance don't just coexist, they harmonize. Join me as we plant ideas, nurture dreams, and collectively harvest the riches of creative abundance. Hello and welcome to Creative Abundance. I'm your host, Aubrey Westland, and... You guys, I cannot believe this day is finally here. You would not believe how long I have wanted to start a podcast and have just been putting it off. And it's something I'm going to talk about with you all today because there's no reason that I should have put it off this long. (laughs) But I am so happy that you're here. I, let's see. So honestly, the biggest reason why I put off starting a podcast for this long is this episode. Like what I'm doing right now is the reason why I put it off because I have overthought it so much. In my mind, I built up all these things that I told myself I needed to do before I could start the podcast. And in my mind, I was like, I need to have like a really, you know, amazing first episode mapped out. And here I am with no map (laughs) for this episode, but I am doing it. And we'll see how it goes. I don't know. You're on this ride with me and I hope it's a good one, but we also might all just need to forget about it and move forward. (laughs) So... I just want to tell you that I have made the bar really low for myself in order to actually get through this and get this out there in the world. I am recording this on my phone. I do not have a podcast studio set up. I'm just walking around my house and I am making a promise right now. I'm not going to edit my podcast. So this is going to probably be the most real version of me that you can get anywhere. It's going to be the most intimate glimpse into my life that you can get. But I also think like that's where the magic happens, right? That's where like you can actually get into a flow state and like your creativity just takes over and things come out that You don't know where they came from. And sometimes they just blow your mind. (laughs) As I'm really hoping I can blow my own mind today. But I don't know (laughs) if that's going to happen. Okay. I did want to get into some of my intentions for this podcast. And what I want for those of you who are listening And by the way, thank you so much for listening. That means so much to me. And I really want this to feel like little garden chats at the end of the day. 
So if you are a gardener, if you have your own garden, you know that the best time to water is early in the morning before it gets too hot and in the evening when it cools down. And for me, I'm not a super huge morning person. I love to be out in my garden in the evening. And, you know, I just think it's so nice after like a long hot day. I live in Idaho. We have really hot, dry summers. And so at the end of the day, once like it starts cooling down and the garden's in the shade, I just love to like go out there and look at all my plants and water them and spend time with them. <laughs> and this is just like such a creative time for me because it's just like I love being in nature. I love being outside. I love plants. I love just the watching the growth. Like with a garden, you actually get to see the fruits of your labor. You get to see the changes that are as they're happening from what you're doing, which like in the online business space, we don't always really get to see that, right? Like, especially day by day and week by week, like there can be weeks and weeks of just nothing. And then one day it's like, wow, like my business is growing or, you know, you get all of your inquiries on the same day or your sales and you're just like, okay, all this consistency is finally paying off. And I love that with my garden. I get to see that every single evening. So I want this to feel like garden chats that are inspiring you. And I want you to feel more connected with your intuition. I want it to kind of, I want to help you train your intuition to know like, what's for you and what's not for you. And I think sometimes listening to someone talk about something that's not for you can be just as beneficial as like listening to someone talk about something that is for you. So I'm going to, you know, bring up a lot of ideas on this podcast and not every one of them is going to be best for you to establish in your own business or in your own practice. So yeah, that's where I really want you to feel inspired. I want it to, I want this pod, podcast to help you get excited for your future, for the possibilities that are out there like right now, for where you're going and how you're going to grow and change through the seasons. And you know, I'll be here. And if there's a season where <laughs> it's not for you to listen to my podcast, that's fine. Like we all have seasons where we need, we have different needs and just know that I'll be like that friend that you can ghost for six months and then come back and I'll be right here to listen and to well, probably more just give you my thoughts and advice because it's a podcast, but I do, I would absolutely love to hear from those of you who do listen and hear feedback and thoughts. So back to the idea of a garden chat. The other thing is that when I'm out in my garden, 
it's such a time for me of just like decompressing from my day and getting grounded and like ultimately it gets me ready to rest right like I'm going to bed after it's probably one of the last things I'm doing before I start my bedtime routine so it's really a nice way for me to transition and hopefully this podcast can just feel like a little you know not necessarily getting you ready for rest but maybe a little respite in your day whatever you're doing um just kind of to help you feel grounded again and bring you back to yourself so i also want you to get comfy with the idea that money and your creative gifts go hand in hand i do not believe that the idea of a starving artist is something to look up to for me i really value safety and security and when i know i have those things that's when i can be my most creative self and even if i have to like help my subconscious just kind of like feel relaxed in those moments when i'm not actually secure in in different ways I have to remind myself of the ways that I am safe and secure. When we, when we use our creative gifts to make money, it allows us to buy more time for creativity and feeling good in our bodies, which naturally leads to better ways of making money. In this podcast, I want to teach you how to do that and not just like in the creative mindset being in the flow i'm going to talk about those things but i'm also going to talk a lot about different strategies (laughs) that you can adapt that will lead to that to being able to have a lot of time and space free time and be in just like this cycle of the creative process because we need strategy just as much as we need open time to create and be bored. So I'm going to teach you how to do that and at the same time, how to avoid the burnout part that so many creatives end up getting just on like that cycle of feeling good, inspired, creative, getting more excited, and then getting in the cycle of like, oops, I took on too much work, or I took on too much of the same work, and I started focusing too much on how much money that was bringing in, and, you know, maybe not valuing my worth, maybe not charging enough, and that's where we end up in burnout so often, so... I want to teach you how to do that and also just avoid burnout altogether. Back to, yeah, this idea of like the starving artist that so many people tend to glorify. I am reading the loveliest book on on creativity. It's by Rick Rubin and it's called The Creative Act, A Way of Being. And I'm going to 
just have this be part of my morning routine for a while it's a great book where like each chapter can almost like stand on its own and I feel like you could just read one chapter it's like each chapter is only a couple pages it's almost like a devotional <laughs> if you grew up in a church you are familiar with the idea of devotionals but it's like a creative devotional and I just love that it's so inspiring and he includes this list of thoughts and habits that are not conductive to creative work and I just want to read through this list really quickly so these are the thoughts and habits habits that are not conductive to creative work believing you're not good enough feeling you don't have the energy that it takes mistaking adopted rules for absolute truths not wanting to do the work or just plain laziness not taking the work to its highest expression basically settling having goals so ambitious that you can't begin hello podcast <laughs> hello me right now next thinking you can only do your best work in certain conditions hello it's me again requiring specific tools or equipment to do the work I know so many creatives okay this is me a side note that just like they focus so much on I need all the tools all the options like no what if you just like focus more on the creativity and starting with what you have like starting small rather than never getting started at all right and and I've done this too but I think that's a big one abandoning a project I'm back to the list now abandoning a project as soon as it gets difficult feeling like you need permission to start or move forward and honestly like this is me again permission can be so helpful I feel like I had a couple people give me permission for this podcast who were just like, you can do it in your car with your phone. Like, that's all you need. You can just get on and talk to your friends. And that really helped me. So I'm going to give you a lot of permission in this podcast. But just know that you don't need that. If you want to start, like, just start. You can do it. Like, you don't have to have anyone's permission to do anything you want to do. I mean, unless it's like against the law or hurting someone else, obviously. <laughs> Back to the list now. Letting a perceived need for funding, equipment, or support get in the way. Having too many ideas and not knowing where to start. Oh my gosh, that is me as well. Never finishing projects. Blaming circumstances or other people for interfering with your process. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is huge. Like, no one else control over your creativity and what you do. And yes, there are going to be circumstances that get in the way, but you're going to get so much farther if you just stop blaming people. I've seen people where, like, this is their whole life, and they're stuck, and they've basically trained themselves to think like they can't do anything because 
everyone else has the the control over their own life and that's really sad i don't want to see any of you get stuck in that place back to the list (laughs) romanticizing negative behaviors or addictions oh my gosh yes in the artist community definitely believing a certain mood or state is necessary to do your best work that can definitely be such a crutch prioritizing other activities and responsibilities over your commitment to make art this can also apply to your own business putting everyone else in front of like setting aside the time that you need to get started that's yeah let's not do that (laughs) distractibility and procrastination impatience and thinking anything that's out of your control is in your way. Those are all of the thoughts and habits that are not conductive to the work. So we are going to be finding habits, habits and thoughts on the opposite end of that spectrum. That's what we're going to be focusing on and talking about in this podcast. So I'm really excited for this. So yeah, these... These are my intentions, and I, I may have forgotten one that I wanted to mention, but I just really want you to feel something <laughs> when you listen to this podcast. I don't want you to just be numbing out and like taking in the information, and this isn't on you either, by the way. Like This is going to be a place where, yeah, I just hope that you feel something, and along with that, like... Your intuition is going to be a part, a big part of it. It's kind of funny because I, I just thought about a story from my past life, like not my like, like my real past life, like five years ago. (laughs) But I, yeah, I grew up really very religious and I was very involved in that religion for a long time. I'm not anymore, but before my daughter was born, I was part of a church that I would, I had a, basically a position in where I led communion like once a month. I led the congregation in communion and I was the only woman. That's basically why I did it. Like they needed a woman (laughs) and you know, every other week these men would lead communion and they were very focused on like, you know, just talking about the scripture and what was in the scripture and then serving communion. And my week was like the week where everyone cried. (laughs) My week was the week where I talked about my feelings and in a way that other people could relate And I just remember that, like, it always felt so different than the other weeks. And I always felt, like, a little bit like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, I'm not like everyone else. But, no, the truth was everyone needed that balance. And people were just, like, craving to feel something, I think. And I, I mean, I was as well. And... Without the religion part of it, that's kind of the feeling that I hope to bring to this podcast is like, 
I want to give you opportunities to stop and think about how something is making you feel so that you can also like tune into your intuition and start making the best choices for yourself. So that's what you have to look forward to. I also wanted to just kind of give you a quick overview of my journey as an entrepreneur because it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of interesting. I have changed so many times, but at the same time, like it's all led me to where I am now. And I wouldn't, you know, go back and change any part of my journey. So just to kind of, yeah, for those of you who hope to keep listening, it's probably going to be beneficial to know a little bit about my backstory. So I studied graphic design in college and art and my first job um, I actually graduated like during the great recession when there were like no jobs (laughs) and I searched for like six months to find a design job and ended up getting hired by a woman who's a realtor in my city and not just like any realtor but she's like the top realtor where I live (laughs) and so it was like a grueling job and I actually ended up doing more real estate focused work for her than doing design and I hated my life it was a terrible work environment people were so focused on you know like hitting their numbers and keeping up with the flow of clients that there was just no time to like make it a nice working environment it was just like people were working 10 to 12 hour days they were not stopping for breaks or lunches people were expected to work on holidays and weekends so this was the first job that (laughs) I had after school and I hated it so much. So every night I I would come home and I would cry. And I decided like, I'm going to find a way out. I'm going to make my own way out of this. And thankfully, like I grew up with parents who were entrepreneurs. So I knew that working for yourself was a possibility. And so this is around the time where I, I got married my first marriage. (laughs) I'm not married again, but I am divorced. And when I got married, I focused so much on the wedding invitation because like I was a graphic designer and I loved print design. That was my thing. So my wedding invitation was like a 45, like those small records. And I created like a label for the record and the sleeve for the record I turned it into wedding invitation and so people loved that they either loved it or they didn't understand it at all but I decided to put that up on Etsy and see if anyone else would want me to make those for their wedding and the thing with Etsy is like you have to set yourself apart. You have to have a creative idea. 
there's a lot of copying that happens on Etsy and I definitely had my own invitations copied by other sellers but at the time I was the first Etsy seller that had anything like this and so it took off pretty quickly like within a few months I was getting big orders for this invitation and like these invitations were not cheap I sold them for ten dollars a piece and this was ten years ago there was a lot that went into them too so <laughs> I had to price them at ten dollars a piece but yeah so I was able to start my own invitation business on Etsy that was my first business and it allowed me to quit my my job within just a few months and there was another job in between I worked for an animation studio which was a much better work environment but the work is actually really boring <laughs> if you think about animation you might think like oh that sounds so cool but yeah my job was like we we created games and websites for like PBS Kids and Disney but like my job was like to change the mouth on these like characters that we were animating so I would sit there at my desk and like say words and like look at the position of my mouth when I said like a vowel or something and then like switch out those positions on the animation to make it talk basically and that was very boring but it gave me the mental space to work on this business so yeah within like three months I was able to completely quit my job um, my husband at the time he also like started helping me with this business he had he actually has the same background as I do in graphic design and art so it made sense for us to like go into business together and around the same time I also wanted to leave Idaho where I'd grown up I was just ready for something different for a change it had been a really hard winter I just I struggle with seasonal depression and I just wanted like to try living somewhere warm so <laughs> we decided to move to San Diego around this time and the Etsy shop was the way that we were able to do that because having you know being able to make money online gave us that freedom to work from anywhere that we wanted so something I haven't mentioned yet was that I like what I really wanted to do was get into photography. I took a lot of photo classes in college. That was my minor. So we, my ex-husband and I, we had photographed, I think like one or two weddings together at this point, just like connections from school. And so we, the plan was like, we'll move to San Diego where we can, do wedding photography year round so that's exactly what we did but having the Etsy invitation shop was great because the seasons are the seasons are actually opposite right like both had to do with weddings so 
in the seasons where people were were ordering their wedding invitations they weren't getting married right like it's kind of opposite season when they're getting married they're not ordering invitations so it worked kind of perfectly and it gave us time to like get set up in San Diego and start meeting people and start taking photos and like get this business off the ground and one thing I want to mention I don't know like for me it's just a theme like forced discomfort leads to quick results (laughs) like being forced out of my comfort zone just like in every every instance I look back on like it just made things move and grow so much quicker than if I had just been, you know, like I kept the boring job and just like did my business on the side. It could have taken years and years. So moving to San Diego, having the Etsy shop, like, you know, having to keep that up and like let that support us, but then also like getting out there and hustling and Oh, I hate the word hustle, but like it forces you to like get out there and make connections with people, right? Like when you're in a new city where you don't know anyone and you have that like there's no friends to turn to for comfort. Like you know, you don't have like the friends you had before that you grew up with. Like you got to go out and make friends. And so that like within a year we were full-time wedding photographers in San Diego and that began my wedding photography career from there I did that for like eight years and it just never felt quite like this is it for me like there were so many things about wedding photography that I loved the biggest thing was like the people The number two thing was probably just like running my business, managing the website, doing my bookkeeping. Like I just loved all of those things. So eight years gives you a lot of experience in all of those things. There's a lot of up and downs, ups and downs. And I went through a ton of stages of burnout. The actual like day of the wedding was always really draining for me. And, like, you don't realize how much time it takes to, like, recover from that when you're someone who gets drained by those events. (laughs) So, doing, like, one every weekend is a pretty tough schedule to keep up with, in my opinion. So, there's that. And then there's also, like, at some point, I either just took my invitations off of Etsy or I some of them I actually converted to like printable files so either they were like editable where people could like change the information on the invitations or they were like the type of invitations where you could like fill them out for like a birthday party like bridal shower type of thing so that was kind of no longer something I was doing focused on weddings but then like there were those months where I didn't have anything to do (laughs) because we didn't have weddings and that was always really hard for me so I knew that I wanted to create something else 
um, within my business that I could work on during those months to like also just keep my momentum going. And that's when like stock photography just kind of honestly like fell into my lap. So around this time, this was, I'm really bad at timelines, honestly, you guys, like I'm talking about something like the span of 10 years and I don't even remember when like certain things happened, like which year, but let's just say this was like around five years ago. It feels it's definitely more. But when I started stock photography, I actually had a new agency reach out to me called Offset and they are, if you followed me for a while, you probably heard me talk about Offset. And at first, like I got this email inviting, they're inviting me to like contribute to their new catalog. And I was just like, this is weird. Like, I don't even know what this means. So <laughs> I put it off and then, you know, the slow season hit and I was like, okay, maybe I should go back and like look into that stock photography thing a little bit more. And so they got me set up, got my portfolio set up on their site. And then it was just basically like, you submit your images. And so I did this at first, like kind of lazily, like, okay, I'll start going through my catalog of images. And then I sold an image of my dog and I made $150 off this one sale. And when I say sale, like someone is licensing your image for a specific use. They're not like purchasing a print or like they're not the only ones to, that can use that image. They're just purchasing a license for something specific that they need to use it for. So I was just like, oh my God, like I can do this over and over again and just like make passive income. So that was like so motivating for me and like a huge light bulb moment. So from that point on, I just like got into a groove of submitting more photos. And then at some point I started taking photos specifically for my stock portfolio that had nothing to do with my wedding photography or anything. And you know what? I think that I'm going to stop here and I'll pick up on the next episode because there's probably a lot more that I want to <laughs> tell you. But I think this this just feels like the right place to stop. And this will just be like a to be continued episode. And that's the first, I would say like that feels like the first half of my journey. And then from there, we'll kind of pick up what I did after that and how we got through COVID and everything. But thank you so much for listening to this first episode of my podcast. I'm going to be celebrating the launch of this podcast for the rest of the month. So if you want to join in on that, I've got some fun prizes to give away. First, you can do one of two things or you can do two of two things. So the first thing you can do is leave me a review for the podcast, screenshot that review and email it to me at hello at aubreywestland.com. I'll put that in the show notes. If you email a screenshot of that review and 
I'll get your your address so that I can send you a little sticker pack. These are super cute stickers that my designer made for me a few years ago and up until this point I've only been sending them to my private coaching clients but they're so cute. Trust me you'll want them. So that's just one super easy thing that you can do and it will be a huge help in me getting the word out for this podcast. The second thing that you can do is just screenshot the podcast as you're listening to it and share it on your Instagram stories. Again, email me that screenshot just so that I can keep track really well. And I will choose a couple people from that and they will get to choose a free course. So that would include Stock Photography Academy or any of the courses that I have coming out in this next year. And I'm sure I'll be talking about those. But it's basically, yeah, it's like a golden ticket for a free course. So that will be really fun to give away. And I'll announce the winners for that at the end of this month. So just do whichever one sounds fun or if both sound fun to you. Thank you so much for listening. I am so excited to record my next episode and hear your feedback and hear what you know you want to hear on the podcast. So stay tuned and I will talk to you all again soon.